peace of our Lord be with you. Christ Jesus was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world those words from today's epistle lesson. An amazing, intriguing, mystical, mysterious passage which seems to say that sometime between the time when he was killed on Friday and raised on Sunday, Jesus went to hell to preach a sermon which, when coupled with the next-door neighbor verse from 1 Peter 4, 6, which also says that Jesus descended to the depths to preach the gospel to the dead, never fails to resurrect in my spirit the hope that there might be grace beyond the grave. I never have been able to understand why official Orthodox Christianity has found it so easy to believe in judgment beyond the grave and so difficult to believe in grace beyond the grave. Large stripes of official Orthodox Christianity has said concerning these verses about Jesus descending to hell that when Jesus descended to hell on the Saturday, between the Friday when He died and the Sunday He was raised, He was taking a victory lap. He went to say, see, I told you so. And in the world of my religious origins, if anyone ever lifted up these passages and raised even the question of whether these passages might suggest grace beyond the grave, the question would always be shut down by referring back to Luke 16, 26, where Father Abraham says to the rich man that there is a great canyon between Hades and Paradise, and those who wish to cross from one to the other cannot. And in the world of my religious origins, 
That was how this conversation was shut down, with a sort of, the Bible says it and that settles it, finality, which of course we don't get to say because Matthew 5.39 calls us to live as absolute pacifists. And 2 Corinthians 8.15 calls us to live as socialists. And Luke 14.33 says that we cannot even follow Jesus unless we take an absolute vow of, of poverty. And of course, 2 Timothy 3.9 says no jewelry, no hairdos, no expensive clothing. So the, the Bible says it, and that settles it, ship sailed. <laughs> and we weren't on it. <laughs> so let's all just be honest and say what we all already know to be true. And that is that all of us finally believe whatever it is we believe about everything because it rings most true to us. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, what rings most true about all of this is that there is judgment beyond the grave and grace beyond the grave. Because so much evil goes unconfronted in this life, without judgment beyond the grave, all manner of injustice would go eternally unconfronted. Responsibility never owned. Victims never faced. Truth never spoken, which doesn't sound like God at all. So there must be judgment beyond the grave. But on the other hand, if there is no grace beyond the grave, then not only does God never get the one Thing God wants most, the redemption, reconciliation, and salvation of the whole creation. But also, if there is no grace beyond the grave, then people go to hell forever for no purpose other than endless retribution and perpetual torment, which sounds even less like God. What does sound exactly like God is judgment beyond the grave, which leads to grace beyond the grave. The whole creation eventually, ultimately, eternally redeemed and reconciled. 
but not without sin being judged, truth being spoken, responsibility being taken, victims being faced, guilt being confessed, and wrong being purged. A hell, not for people to go to, but for people to go through on their way to ultimate, eternal redemption. As the great British preacher and World War II hero Leslie Weatherhead once said, we Protestants have rejected the only view of hell that sounds like God. Punishment with a point. Judgment in the service of redemption. Or as the Methodist theologian Gregory Jones says, just because the fires of hell will always be burning, doesn't necessarily mean they will always be populated. Indeed, no less a luminary of orthodoxy than John Calvin himself once said, because Jesus commanded us to love our enemies, all Christians are obligated to pray that hell will someday be empty. I know that all of this may just sound like so much irrelevant theological musing, but all of this came home to me in a very practical personal, powerful way about a month ago, late one bitterly cold January afternoon, when I took Ansley, Emma Kate, and Charlotte Poole to the new Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. After our visit, as we walked through downtown Jackson to our car, speaking quietly about some of the things we had seen, the girls, whose permission I have to tell this, asked me if I thought that the people who killed Medgar Evers and Martin Luther King Jr. and those who committed the other acts of violence about which we had just read in the museum would be in heaven. I said that while it is not my place 
to say who will or will not be in heaven. I do believe that those persons who committed those terrible acts of violence will be in heaven. Not because what they did wasn't awful and evil, but because I believe that there is enough judgment beyond the grave and enough grace beyond the grave that ultimately God will get the one thing God has always wanted most. The redemption, reconciliation, and salvation of all creation. What John envisions in Revelation 5.13 when he says that he sees every creature in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and in the sea singing together around the throne to God forever. Now, in an effort to be an honest man and a good granddad, I was careful to tell the girls that what I believe about grace beyond the grave is different from what many Christians, maybe most Christians, believe. But as for me, I cannot think of anything more Christian than believing that there will be so much judgment beyond the grave and so much grace beyond the grave that the Lord our God will finally get, no matter how many thousands or millions of years it takes, the Lord our God will finally get the one thing the Lord our God has always wanted most. The redemption, reconciliation, and salvation of all, a deep hope which for me never fails to be rekindled when I read today's lesson about Jesus on the last day of Lent going straight to hell. Not to say, see, I told you so, but rather to say, see, I love you so. Amen.